Who exactly did Jesus love? Well, author Jessica Thompson intimately engages the gospel narratives and helps the reader explore who and how Jesus loves in her book. It's called He Loved Them, Discovering Jesus' Heart for Seekers, Sinners, Doubters, and the Discouraged. Jessica is an author of several books, including Give Them Grace, Dazzling Your Kids with the Love of Christ. She's a frequent conference speaker as well, and she's part of the podcast Front Porch with the Fitzes. And she's the director of Church Life at Risen Church in San Diego, California. Good morning to you, Jessica. Tom, Tavi, thank you so much for having me on your show this morning. Yeah, and thank you so much for waking up so, so early. We know it's very early in San San Diego. Diego, so thank you so much for that. But I just wanted to dive in with you because this is one of those topics that I think we struggle with in the body of Christ. No doubt there are many people, believers included, that struggle to understand how Jesus could possibly love them. So kind of walk us through that. How can we know, just by reading through the Gospels, how and who Jesus Jesus loves. Yeah, I mean, I took this journey of reading through the Gospels and just looking specifically at how Jesus interacted with different types of people, and really comes uh, to the title of this verse and the heart behind this verse comes from John thirteen one, and it says this: Having loved his who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And so this is coming, this verse comes near the end of Jesus' life, and it's just talking about his general disposition towards the people that he came in contact and with, and it says he loved them until the end. And so you and I can know we're part of this group. He loved all the people he came in contact with, and he didn't just come in contact with the people that we would think, oh, of course Jesus loves them. They've got their act together. He went to um, the margins. He went to the people um, that other people looked down on. Uh, he, and not just the people that other people looked down on because of their station in life or because of where they ended up in life, but also the people who had done some pretty uh, messed up things. <laughs> and, and he went to them as well, and he loved them as well. So just kind of across the board, you know, for the people who are uh, discouraged for people who doubt. I mean, those were people that are actually his disciples. Those are the people he actually called to follow him. Mm. And those are the people that he loved, just like you, just like me. Whatever we're going through in our lives, we actually find it in the gospel. And Jesus' heart towards them was one of love. Mm. We're speaking with Jessica Thompson about The people that Jesus loved, and that includes you and me. And, you know, why do you think it's important, Jessica, to to focus on Christ's humanity? And how does that relate particularly to his love for us? Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you guys have watched The Chosen at all. Oh, yes. But I think that that show does a really good, okay, but that show does a really great job of this as well. Focusing in on how Jesus was a human. A lot of times we think, oh, Jesus was God. Yes, I know that. And so that's more of what we focus on. And we, we don't really see his humanity. We don't really focus in on the way he had emotions, human emotions, a human body, how he loved to be around people. And I think it's so important for us to remember when we're we're looking at the way Jesus loved people, that he also knew what it it felt like to feel the emotions they felt. Mm -hmm. Um, Hebrews talks about how he is a great high priest 
who sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. Charles Spurgeon says that that verse means um, that if you put two grand pianos in a room, if you hit a note on one grand piano, uh, the string on the other piano vibrates. So when you're discouraged, he feels for you. When you're doubting, he understands that. So for us to know, we don't have to be um, ashamed of or scared of are the emotions or the feelings that we have because Jesus understands them. So it's important for us to know that Jesus walked the earth, felt the things we felt sinlessly, of course, um, and then died for us so that in all of those things, in the ways that we sin, in the ways that we don't walk a holy and righteous life, he, he did it perfectly on our behalf, and then he took our punishment, all because of this overwhelming sense that he loves us and wants us to be a part of his family. You're hearing the voice of Jessica Thompson just talking about Jesus and the fact that he loves us just the way we are. And I love that you pointed out Jesus' humanity because we were so quick as followers of Christ to just hop over to the fact that he was God and he took care of it because he was yeah. God, but he felt it all with us. And I kind of want to yeah. combine two of your uh, responses to us, Jessica. You talked about um, that verse in John thirteen one that he loved us to the end. And uh, that, of course, takes it to the cross, right? So if you could just talk about maybe the significance of Christ's last words on the cross, how do they reveal his heart towards different people in the, in the world and throughout time? Yeah. I mean, you look, if all you did was look at what he did on the cross, what he said on the cross, you would see the different types of people that he loves, right? Um, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing, right? He he looks at all the people around him who are making fun of him, mocking him, uh, and, and he prays that they would be forgiven. Um, he He looks over to the thief that's on the cross next to him, who seems to have, I mean, we obviously don't know a lot of his life, but it doesn't sound like he did a great job. <laughs> he's also being crucified, and he's a thief, and he looks over at him, and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. He looks at his family um, and, and his disciples, and he says to John, um, here's your mother, and, and to his mother, here's your son. He's He's taking care of them while he's hanging on the cross, dying. And then even in his own heart, how he, he related to his father, God, he says, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. And so we're seeing there how he's caring for everybody around him, and he's still enjoying relationship with the Father. And, and the one thing, though, that he says that I think that your listeners and I need to remember today is that he cries out, um, Oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the first time he's ever called Father God, just God. That's the first time he's not referred to him as a father. Mm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he prays that on the cross so that you and I can know without a shadow of a doubt, God will never forsake us. He mm. forsook Jesus in that moment because Jesus carried all of our sins. But he will never forsake us, no matter if you're a doubter, no matter if you're an outcast, no matter if you have um, followed the wrong path, no matter what you've done today, his grace goes further. And Jesus loves you. And he cried out on the cross, my God, why have you forsaken me so that you can know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. 
You know, the name of this book is called He Loved Them, Discovering Jesus' Heart for Seekers, Sinners, Doubters, and the Discouraged, and other people like us. It's <laughs> written by Jessica Thompson, and she's joining us now. Jessica, so good to have you with us this morning. Thanks again for having me, guys. Yeah, it's just a conversation we need to keep having, right, about Jesus' love for us. Sometimes mm-hmm. we can, you know, it just gets kind of broad in our minds, like, oh, yeah, he loves me. You know, just kind of like how my parents love me. They have to. They have no choice. Mm-hmm. We don't get all the, mm-hmm. the layers of what that means and how it can impact our lives. So what would you say? Mm-hmm. How could our understanding of Christ's love really make a difference in our lives and relationships today? I mean, the more we think about Christ's love for us, the more it changes how we love others. Um, I think a lot of times what we we tend to do is we think, oh, God tells me to love, so um, I must love. And and I think that we're coming at that wrong. I, I think that is true. That's not that's not a wrong statement. But I think that if we come from the fact that, oh, look at the way I've been loved, when we spend time not just dwelling on the rule, love people, love others, but when we spend time dwelling on how we've been loved, we spend time looking at how Jesus' heart um, reached out to those who were outcast, reached out to those that, uh, to the children, to women during this time. Women were not to be talked to, really, or to be paid attention to, and yet Jesus crosses over this cultural boundary to to pay attention to women specifically, to love children, to love those who were sick. When we look at the way that He goes out and loves all these different types of people, it'll change the way we love because mm-hmm. Jesus saw people the way they were meant to be seen, uh, not as someone with an illness, not as someone of a, um, that had a specific problem with a certain sin, but he saw them as image bearers of God. And the more we watch Jesus love, the more we'll walk like Jesus walked. And so as we watch Jesus love, uh, the hope is that uh, it will move something in our hearts to think, my goodness, I want to look look like him. You know, like bearing this family resemblance. You know, when someone says, oh, you look just like your dad to a kid. Same sort of thing here. When we walk and look at the way that Jesus loved, when we walked like Jesus walked, um, people will look at us and think, my goodness, you look like your dad. Mm. Speaking of God. Because of the way that Jesus loved, it was so unique. It was so beautiful. It was so selfless. And the more that we dwell on that, it will inflame our hearts and think, like, as we behold, we become. We will look at him and think, oh, I can't help but want to imitate him. And then the really cool thing is, on the days that we mess up, which, spoiler alert, will probably be every day, <laughs> yeah. on the days that we mess up, we can know that we're forgiven and still loved, because this is what his love does. It forgives, it loves, it washes us clean, it accepts us, and it makes us right before God. You're hearing the voice of Jessica Thompson. She's written a book called He Loved Them. And I love that picture, Jessica, of what you talked about, about maybe resembling our Father. And I'm just wondering, as we seek to do that as followers of Christ, I'm just wondering if you could maybe provide just some practical advice on how can we actually do this, like on a daily basis, to model Christ's love in our own lives. How do we do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first step, again, is spending time thinking about how we've been loved, um, spending time 
um, going through the Bible and looking for all the different things that God says about us and the way he loves us. It's very easy for us to skip to, you know, some rules, right? Because we want to just get down the road and we just want to do the right thing. But I think our starting point and really what the Bible's starting point is, is always relationship first. Uh, The Bible, even before God gives the Ten Commandments, he says this, I'm your God, you're my people. Relationship and then rules. Always. That's the pattern throughout the whole Bible. And so if you would take time reading your Bible to look at the things that God says about you or declares over you, that you're righteous, that you're blameless, that you're a saint, that you're forgiven, that you're adopted, that you're chosen, that you are loved. If we take time sitting in those things first, um, then I think the ways that we love people will come out in a myriad of different ways. I think the ways that we see people will change. And I think that's a lot of the problem as well. We don't see people the way they should be seen. Um, We see them as inconveniences, or we see them as maybe a prop for us to get higher on a ladder. Um, But we don't see people as true image bearers of God. And so if we see the way that God sees us, and then we see others differently, our attitude toward them will be different. Okay, Jessica, thank you so much for that. And as you were talking about that, that as God provides it for us, he goes relationship and then rules. And in our own life, we think, oh, yeah, relationship and then rules. But for some reason, when we look at somebody else, it seems to start with rules. Yeah. And then if you follow my rules, then you can be in relationship with me. What's up about that? <laughs> yeah. Even our even our sharing God with others starts with rules. Yep. Yep. You got to do this. You got to do that. And then you Stop can be in relationship that. with me. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, I I think we're afraid that if we don't start with rules, people will just do whatever they want, and they won't live a holy life. Like, we think if we don't start with rules, the cat will get out of the bag. Mm. Uh, And the truth is the cat is already out of the bag, and he's torn up the curtains, and he's ripped up your furniture. (laughs) Uh, People are already not following the rules. (laughs) And they know the rules. People, generally speaking, know the rules. So so I think for us, the focus needs to be different. Uh, We follow the focus that God had first. Again, that relationship. And, and I think that the more that people hear about how they're loved, the more that people hear about who God is and who Jesus was for them and how he loved people around them, you can't help but watch, for instance, the chosen and your heart and you're watching him love people and your heart's just burning. I'm crying every episode watching the way Jesus loved people and and not watching like when I watch him say rules, I'm not like, oh, that was beautiful. It is beautiful. But the parts that really touch me are the parts that I'm watching Jesus love others. And so if we start with, oh, my goodness, you're loved. Operate out of that love. You're a child of God. Act like who you are, always starting with relationship first. It really does change things for us. Wow, thank you. Relationship, then rules. And we are talking with Jessica Thompson, and it's about the book. He loved them, discovering Jesus' heart for seekers, sinners, doubters, and the discouraged, and other people like Tom. 
And so, and Tavi. <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. You know, I, you know, I would protest, but I can't because I look in the mirror every day. I know exactly what I'm like, and I know I don't want to be like Tavi. I know I want to be a lot more like Jesus. But the fact is, Jessica, and I love the title of your book. Let's just get back to that for a moment. Mm. He loved them, discovering Jesus' heart for seekers, mm. sinners, doubters, and the discouraged, and other people like us. There are so many like mm. us that don't mm. feel loved and if you're and don't speaking, feel worthy yeah to somebody right now that mm-hmm. really is in that pocket they don't feel love what would you say to them yeah i would just say this this is how jesus sees you it's in matthew nine thirty six. seeing the crowds he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downcast like sheep without a shepherd oh a friend jesus wants to be your shepherd he wants to pick you up He wants to be close. He wants to protect you, take care of you, pardon you. He prays for you even now. So if you're not feeling loved by Christ, uh, let me just say this with complete confidence. You are loved by Christ. You are loved by God because of the work that Christ has done for you. So run to Him. Uh, That verse I was talking about, where he sympathizes with you in your weakness, the the next verse following talks about, so uh, come to the throne of grace where you'll receive mercy and find help in your time of need. He's there. He's at the throne of grace. It's not the throne of get your act together. It's the throne of grace. So come to him and you'll receive help and mercy. He's waiting for you. That's his heart. That's his heart for us. Thank you so much, Jessica, for reminding us that he loves us. 